What is up, everybody? Welcome back to First Down Rundown. The trio is back. Hayden Vozar, Matt Vozar, and Azam Kapadia, a.k.a. AZ. You guys can call him AZ because that's what we call him. So you guys know what we're doing today. We're doing football because you guys know AZ is the football guy. We've got him on for today. We're going to be talking about all of the free agency stuff and the, you know, the trades and everything that have happened over the past few weeks. And there's a lot to talk about here. So we're going to get into what we think is important, what we think kind of affects the league as a whole. Um, mostly, honestly, like the, the AFC West is probably going to be the biggest topic today, just in terms of how good they've become, especially with the, you know, what the chargers have done in free agency. So yeah, we're going to, we're going to go over a lot of stuff here, but we're probably going to start with the quarterbacks and just kind of move into what feels right as we go. We're not, we don't really have a set plan for today. It's only NFL. We don't, you know, we're not going to go into tournament or anything like that. We'll do that on Tuesday after all of the second round games are done. And so, yeah, I'm, I'm excited to see what turns out today and tomorrow for those games. Today is Saturday, March 19th. So we've already had two days of March Madness, but we've got two more days to go here. So we're going to be getting in this football talk and then we're going to be doing that uh, the college basketball stuff on Tuesday. So with that being said, AZ, how are you? I'm doing great, man. I just I was on a hike with this guy with Hayden. So we had this a great time. Um, kind of refreshed. So I'm excited. A lot of stuff went down yesterday with Deshaun Watson and um, a lot of quarterback movement. So there's a lot to talk about. So I'm pumped. Yes, sir. Matt, what's up? Yeah, I mean, come on. It's the best time of the year. It's March Madness and we're and we're all the football information is is, is flooding us too. like, you know, this is amazing. So, um, yeah, that definitely the best four days of the year with the with, with March Madness and the NCAA tournament starting uh, here Thursday through Sunday. Um, and then obviously on even on Selection Sunday, Tom Brady had to ruin our March Madness by by uh, declaring his own retirement from the NFL coming back for his 23rd season in the NFL anyway. Uh, as AZ said too, a lot of, lot of, lot of news, a lot of trades since then in, in kind of this week. So, um, I just think it's awesome. Like, you know, we talked about, we did two full episodes on the, uh, on, on March madness and the NCAA tournament. We got a full NFL free agency, uh, episode today. So j- a ton of news. I mean, that's, that's the best part, right? I mean, it's the middle of March who, who thought we would have this much content, uh, but we're here to give it to you guys today for sure. Yes, sir. It is. Amazing to have this feeling because we know that soon in July, we won't have anything except for baseball, which will be sad times. But yeah, for right now, we got to cherish it how it is. And let's just get right into the business here. So we're going to talk about quarterbacks first. So we, so let's just go over all the quarterbacks that have made moves. So obviously Tom Brady came out of retirement. That's the most unique. And then we we got Aaron Rodgers staying with Green Bay. That was huge news. We also had Russell Wilson going, going to Denver. And then we've got Mitch Trubisky going to Pittsburgh, which was a little bit surprising there. And then the quarterbacks that haven't made moves, Jimmy G and Baker Mayfield. And we obviously know that Baker Mayfield is out now because of the Sean Watson news yesterday, which was a little bit weird because they were the Browns were talking about wanting Baker Mayfield. Like Baker Mayfield, I think – a couple of days ago or three days ago or something like that, he requested a trade from the Browns and they declined it. So we all thought, okay, he's going to stay there and they're pretty much out of the running for Deshaun Watson. And then Deshaun Watson signs with the Browns yesterday. And it was just, yeah, it, it made no sense. It was super surprising. So that was, again, yeah, that's probably, you know, the biggest news within the past week. So, and then we also have Carson Wentz to the Washington commanders, which was, that was a little bit surprising too, but I think we all kind of expected Carson Wentz to be leaving 
Indianapolis, um, you know, sometime either now or in the near future. So yeah, he was out and, and he went to the, the commanders and actually AZ has firsthand experience with, with the Colts this past summer. If you guys don't know, AZ interned with the, with the Colts. And we actually will probably have an episode where AZ can talk about his, his time with the Colts and kind of give you guys kind of a, you know, a, an image in your head of what it was really like to work with an NFL team, because that's something that's really cool. I think that's something that a lot of people would like to hear about. And yeah, it's, it's just cool to have a friend like AZ who was, you know, who actually worked with an NFL team was able to gain that experience. So I think to start out here, I'm going to ask AZ about, you know, what he thinks about Carson Wentz and what, and what he thought about the trade to Washington and everything like that, what maybe caused it. I think we all kind of know somewhat what caused it, but I think a bigger picture story here is like, you know, what, what are the Colts motives right now and for trading Carson Wentz? Yeah. I mean, so when the first, when the trade first happened, um, when the Colts traded, uh, from the Eagles for Carson Wentz. I honestly, I love the trade. I thought that was the best landing spot um, for Carson Wentz just because of Frank Reich and, you know, their Super Bowl run together. That's when, you know, Carson Wentz, before he tore his, I think it was his ACL, he was like going to have an MVP season. Like he was, you know, in the run running for like being MVP that year. So um, I really thought it was a really good trade. Obviously, I didn't think too highly of Carson Wentz as a premier quarterback. Um, not someone that when you necessarily say like, is this someone who can get us to the Super Bowl? Not necessarily, but I still felt confident about the Colts making it to the Super Bowl, um, just because of the pieces he was surrounded by. I mean, Chris Ballard and the scouting staff there, like built great relationships with them. Um, just everything they assembled there, like that, like this, how they built the roster, um, they had a game plan for that, for last year, they knew what were they, you know, they weren't, and I was talking about this um, with someone else yesterday, like they kind of knew what Carson Wentz was. And I don't think any of them are really surprised on how the whole thing went with Carson Wentz. Um, they didn't ask much of Carson Wentz. They surrounded him with the right players, the right, you know, schemes and stuff like that. Like pretty much, you know, hand it off to Jonathan Taylor, make these short seven yard slant curl, like, short routes, and then every now and then throw that deep ball, which, you know, we saw him do. He had pretty good games. Um, but then when you look at it and you look at guys like Baker Mayfield and just like Jimmy G, like you got to ask yourself sometimes, like, you know, and I think going, and then we'll talk about this too, like going into the Browns trade. And a lot of people are really confused on like why the Browns did that and how much money they paid him. But everyone's also confused why Deshaun Watson also decided to go to Cleveland. We can talk about that later, like just my input on that. But um, you got to look like, I mean, just like the Browns, like you got to ask yourself eventually, like, is this someone, is this quarterback someone that can win a Super Bowl for me? Like if the game is on the line, can, can I trust this guy to get the job done? And if you hesitate a little bit on that, you know, that shows you that he might not be the guy. I mean, I don't know about what you guys think. I'd love to hear what you guys think about this. But, like, when you ask yourself about Jimmy G or Baker Mayfield or Carson Wentz, like, when you guys ask that question, like, are you guys confident, you know, that, like, this guy can take us to the Super Bowl? I mean, so just to go back on the Carson Wentz thing, I mean, like, yeah. I think the, the the whole the excitement and the hype around him going to the Colts was that he was going to be reunited with Frank Wright. All right. So back when, you know, he was drafted second overall from North Dakota State, people are like, why are the Eagles training away all their picks and everything? 
it worked because, or at least people thought, it worked because he had a good system there in Philadelphia. So Chris uh, Chris Peterson was the head coach, and then um, Frank Reich was the offensive coordinator. And so, and I mean, in second year, Carson Wentz had, you know, I think he played 13 games. He was the NFL, he was the favorite to win the NFL MVP, and then basically tore his ACL and he was out for the rest of the season. And so they had a lot of hype into that. And obviously they ended up winning the Super Bowl that season because Nick Foles came in and, and absolutely killed it. Um, but then that was kind of like, that was like, all right, he's here, right? He's a good quarterback. It was worth it to spend all the draft capital to get him. He played to his potential and we got it. We got our quarterback of the future. Now, fast forward, like, you know, three years later, or I guess the two years that he played after that with the Eagles, he, he was absolutely terrible. And yes, obviously after a team wins a Super Bowl, they're going to lose pieces. Their defense got a little bit worse. You know, they, 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 they lost some pieces on offense. The running game kind of, kind of fell short and their offensive line has stayed intact, but just not really, I don't think was as dominant as they were um on that Super Bowl run when they beat the Patriots and so since then he Carson Wentz has looked like a shell of his of his former self and so a lot of people thought like well since Frank Reich went to the Colts it, you know if Carson Wentz is be able to going to be able to you know kind of be reunited with, with this guy that would be the best thing for him and that's exactly what they did they set it up and I mean obviously you know the Colts had that one year with Philip Rivers and, and they played well the Colts played well they got to the they got to the playoffs right and so now we're saying, all right, we're going to keep that exact same, you know, that exact same kind of core of the Colts team with obviously, you know, their defense is getting better. Their offensive line is one of the best in the league and draft Jonathan Taylor on top of that. I mean, come on, you know, this, this is a really great situation. And then it basically all just fell apart this year. And I have heard, and you know, I mean, if, you know, if you kind of keeping up with, with stats and, and whatever, you've probably heard that Carson Wentz didn't have like he didn't have the seasons or he didn't play in the way that I guess people were expecting him to. But at the same time, I think his like touchdown interception ratio was like the best in the league. Or he, I think he threw the second least interceptions in the entire league behind Aaron Rodgers. Right. So it's like he, by all intents and purposes had an okay season. I just think that the, 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 like the meme play or the plays that he messed up on turned into memes like that, you know, the pick six on his own two yard line where he just like threw it like up in the air behind his back or whatever. And so that's kind of what he's turned into now is, is this player who had one great season. He's a one and done. And essentially, you know, he, he's basically just broken now. So I don't know. And, and I think that, you know, as he made a good, made a good point, like he's going to the commanders and I mean, you know, people are kind of trashing them for doing that. I think that they have a pretty solid foundation there, especially with, you know, good, a good bunch of receivers and, and then you know, they have pass catching running backs. So I think that that, that it could be a good move. It just depends on whether or not Carson Wentz can kind of just get to that level or even, even, you know, 80% of, of what he was in that kind of NFL MVP, uh, you know, caliber season that he did have about four years ago now. But yeah, I think the overall kind of gist that I'm getting after this week of trades is that the AFC is just loaded. I mean, come on. Like we talked about the, the AFC West to start the, to start the podcast. We'll probably get into that a little bit later, but even the AFC North, right. Obviously with, you know, with Deshaun Watson now basically being, you know, signing with the Browns, you know, and, and obviously the Steelers had Mitch Trubisky and they might even draft, you know, might, they might even draft a, a quarterback in the first round here, but like the Steelers are always a solid team. They're always, you know, above 500. Um, and the Browns obviously pretty much were a quarterback away now that they have that quarterback. You know, who knows what they can do with that? The Bengals just got to the Super Bowl. I mean, you know, so it's like these these divisions, this conference as a whole is just is just crazy stacked. And, and so I think that that's going to be kind of coming up in next season, something that we're going to have to figure out 
who's who, right? And I mean, obviously, you know, organizations overall, like they'll have their seasons, they'll be good, whatever. But yeah, I think that's kind of the most intriguing thing to me overall, just looking at this big picture is the fact that like all these quarterbacks, all these trades that are going on really are involving star players and they're all going into the same place. We're going to be playing each other all the time. I think it makes for a ton of entertainment value. I'm just excited to see who comes out on top. Yeah, I think you're completely right, Matt. And and before we kind of transition into more of the AFC, and I I, I kind of want to talk more about the Deshaun Washington trade because there I think there is a lot of talk, a lot to talk about there, and you know as as well as the Aaron Rodgers thing and everything like that. But yeah, one thing that I just wanted to say about Carson Wentz is that he we know he has a high ceiling. I think he's he's and AZ kind of put him in that group of guys that like you look at right now and say, okay, can I trust him in? of end game situation where, you know, we, we actually need a play from our quarterback and you look at Carson Wentz now and you say, no, not really. But th- yeah, I mean that when he was with the Eagles with that, M- you know, in that MVP season, he, like, he was one of those guys that you said, okay, yeah, I'll trust him to do that. You know, he's, he, he made plays with his legs and everything. And he's, he's a big guy. Like he, he definitely has the, the highest ceiling out of those guys, um, Baker Mayfield and Jimmy G those guys don't really have a, like, we haven't seen, a high ceiling from them or high potential, but Carson Wentz is one of those guys that we've seen do really well before. So we know he can do well. And I think that, you know, what Matt said is like, now we're really just looking to Carson Wentz to, to do what he does. You can, you know, you can't really say, Oh, well, he's been put in a bad scheme, you know, because Frank Reich, yeah, he has a good scheme in Indianapolis and he, it just, I guess it just didn't really work out for Carson Wentz. So maybe he needs more of a, a style where he can just kind of play his game. I don't really know how else to say it, but like he, I think, you know, the and with the commanders, that might work out, right? Like we might, we're sitting here and thinking, okay, well, the commanders, we always say that they're a quarterback away and like their defense has gotten a lot better and everything like that. And they have good receivers, but like, you know, I, I think in the back of our minds, we're still like, okay, it's Carson Wentz, it's the commanders, both are very average right now. Like it's, it, it's not really looking that juicy, but again, Carson Wentz has such a high ceiling that we could, we could definitely see something special from him this year. It's just that nobody knows, like nobody had, nobody has any idea about what's going to happen with him because it's really just up to him at this point to, to kind of, to, to prove himself. Right. So I think that again, yeah, like the, the, the AFC North is, is loaded. Like Matt said, he made a good point, you know, and, and one thing that he didn't mention was the Ravens. Like, I think that, and I was talking about this with AZ last night, actually, we were just, you know, kind of talking about everything that's, that's been happening and, we were, yeah, we were talking about how the AFC North, like the Steelers could be at the bottom of that division next year. If you think about it, the Browns, they were a quarterback away. They are most likely going to, I mean, I think they're probably the favorites to win the division right now with Deshaun Watson, assuming, you know, he starts and everything. So like, yeah, they're probably the favorite to win that division with Lamar Jackson coming back, back for Baltimore. They're always contender. And then, you know, the Bengals made it to the Super Bowl. So like, we don't really know what the Bengals are going to do, but I think that, yeah, this, this Deshaun Watson trade just like, it just screws a lot of things up for the NFC, the NFC in particular, because another thing that AZ and I were going to talk about that I'll, I'll let AZ to talk, talk about here is like how it screws up relationships with the teams that he, that he was going to go to. Like, so Carolina, Atlanta, it screws up those teams relationships with their cor- with their current quarterbacks. Right. So like, if you're, if you're thinking about Atlanta with Matt Ryan, Matt Ryan's sitting there thinking, okay, well, they're, they were going to go get Deshaun Watson and they were going to replace me with Deshaun Watson. So why would I want to play for Atlanta now? You know, and it's like th- that happens to multiple teams. So, AC, I, I just want to kind of get your thoughts on this. If, if you, you know, if you want to talk about something else, you can. But, you know, we talked about this last night and I think that you brought up a, cu- a couple of good points about, yeah, like it just this kind of trade, this kind of blockbuster trade when, he, when Deshaun Watson is looking at other teams 
those teams, current quarterbacks are just like, oh, well, this kind of sucks. So they want to replace me now. So it's just, yeah. that's, that's kind of a weird dynamic that I think a lot of people don't think about. So go ahead if you want. Yeah. And I think, I think, so the first thing is like the Baker Mayfield thing happened. And um, again, the Deshaun Watson thing, as far as what I've read and what I know and what I've heard is that he was locked in on the, on the Falcons. He was locked in and things changed within hours um, and I think what did change was the Browns were like, okay, now Baker doesn't want to come back. He's clearly stated that, you know, AFC is looking crazy. Our, our division like rival just went to the Super Bowl. The Steelers haven't been good. The Ravens have Lamar Jackson. What are we doing? Like we like, okay, let's trade our, like three first round picks is nothing like compared to Deshaun Watson's, you know, like potential and ceiling and, and like, you know, like you said, like if everything works out. Um, so yeah, like it, it does it ruin, you know, Matt Ryan's relationship. And I don't know for everyone, you know, who's listening, like I grew up a Falcons fan. Like that's like, you know, everyone has that team that they followed and that's the team I really followed. And, you know, Matt Ryan's been, I I've always been a huge Matt Ryan supporter. I mean, everyone looks at me like I'm crazy whenever I'm backing up Matt Ryan, but Matt Ryan, he, he's a former MVP. I mean, he's had great seasons and, He's never, and we were talking about this last night, Hayden, like he's never had an offensive line. He's literally never had an offensive line. So, and, and I'll, I also want to talk about like him going to the Colts. I love that fit. I like being in that building. I know the players, I know everyone there, like Matt Ryan fits there. Like it fits, it fits so perfectly. You got an offensive line, you got Michael Pittman, you got a running game, which also Matt Ryan hasn't had that many. He has, He's had Devontae Freeman had one Pro Bowl season. He had, I think, Michael Turner, like, in his, you know, in his previous years. Um, and then you had, like, Steven Jackson one year and, like, all the Todd Gurley one year. Like, he's just never had – like, imagine someone like Jonathan Taylor, like, having a running game. It takes so much pressure off of him. Um, so that's, like, one thing that I think is, like, I would love that trade to happen if it does happen or if it's um, Baker Mayfield. But, yeah, I mean, it's – right now, it's, like, they're – like, what we're seeing now is, like, the Falcons are trying to, like, mend relations. But, you know, if I'm Matt Ryan, like, I love the Falcons and, you know, I wish the best for them. But, like, like at this point, you got to just rebuild. Like, you just – you let Matt Ryan be happy. He deserves it. If I'm Matt Ryan, I'm trying – like, I'm at the end – like, the, near the end of my career. Like, go to Indianapolis, like, and you you win. Like, like I – like, I've been saying this, like, Indy is a quarterback away. I was saying about this, saying this about the Rams um, for the past couple of years with Jared Goff. Like, they are a quarterback away. And just being there, like, I'm a firm believer in the Colts. Like, I think they're right there. And we saw that, too. Like, you guys saw that, too. Like, that – the Jaguars lost, like, that sucked. And, you know, I think – and I don't blame that loss, like, entirely on Carson Wentz. Like, every – like, it has to be a team – it's a team game. But it just comes down to, like – the players also need to have some sort of belief in their quarterback. You know what I mean? Like that quarterback has to have some fire in him. He has to be confident in himself to get the job done. And I just, I don't see Carson Wentz like that. I don't see someone like Jimmy G like that. I, Baker has fire in him, but what's his ceiling? You know, like, I feel like we've seen his ceiling, um, which is why the Browns in change. So I don't know. I don't know what your thoughts are about like, you know, just the Matt Ryan fit and all that, but yeah, I mean, and then for those asking about the Deshaun Watson, like why he chose Cleveland, I mean, look at all the rosters that were in play. You have the, the Panthers, you have the Falcons, and you have the Saints. I mean, look at their rosters. Maybe the Saints have a pretty good roster with Michael Thomas, which 
still a question question mark right now. Then you have Alvin Kamara and that defense is together. But like with Sean Payton leaving, like they're pretty much going to they're trying to figure out things, too. So, you know, the Cleveland Browns, like offensive line is one of the most underrated offensive lines. Um, Amari Cooper. Yeah, they need they need to add another weapon for sure. But then you look at um, Nick Chubb, Kareem Hunt. That defense is pretty sad. Like I, I, I think they're going to sign J.D. Vion Clowney again. Um, so I think Deshaun Watson, he saw, I don't know. The thing is with him is like, you see the AFC and he's like, you have to compete in that. So that's the only thing where I'm like, but like when you're getting paid 230 fully guaranteed money, like who's going to say no to that, you know? Yeah, exactly. And I think too, like you, like we saw what Deshaun Watson was able to do on a Texans team, which really never had any talent, right? Never had stability, never had good players around him. Um, even, I mean, right. The offensive lines were always terrible. He had some okay wide receivers here and there. The defenses were bad. And he like single-handedly carried that team to the playoffs multiple times, even should have beat the chiefs in the year that the chiefs won the super bowl. And the, until the chiefs outscored the Texans, in the second half, like 55 to four. So like, I mean, you know, without that, you know, we're, we're not talking about the chiefs as some great, you know, dynasty here. We're talking about Deshaun Watson being one of the best quarterbacks in the league, which he is. And I think that's kind of the part that I have kind of come around to in this whole thing is like he didn't play an entire year and and it's almost like we kind of just forgot about what happened now and again I'm not going to go into the politics of all the situation and everything but clearly like he didn't play for an entire year and now we're talking about all these other quarterbacks but it's like I would argue that in any circumstance he's still a top five quarterback I I for sure like even in the last year that he did play with the Texans I think they went four and 12 and obviously we're one of you know one of the worst teams in the league but I think like the I think he still he, he like led the league in passing it's like that's insane, right? So it's like even in the even in the seasons that he didn't get a lot of wins with the team, didn't carry the team to the playoffs, he was leading the entire league statistically with yards and touchdowns and all that. And as he had mentioned earlier, like he he has the legs, he has the mobility too. So I think he's just the full package. And the other thing is he's only like 26 or 27 or something. He's not, he's not like, you know, AZ was talking about Matt Ryan, like, you know, Matt Ryan's kind of cooked. Obviously I think it, it, you know, he had, he got some valid points about the Colts being a good fit and everything. And he still has, obviously like he, he was okay this past year. And then, you know, again, like the Falcons didn't have AZ mentioned it too, you know, they didn't have, they haven't really had an offensive line for however long. And so he hasn't been in a successful situation besides pretty much the year that they went to the Super Bowl and he won the MVP, but a guy like Deshaun Watson still has, basically his whole career ahead of him or at least like is kind of in his prime right now um whereas a lot of these quarterbacks even Russell Wilson to some extent you know is kind of at the end you know he's in his 30s right so it's like you kind of are taking a gamble almost on these older quarterbacks who are kind of have shown that they yes they they could be a top five quarterback you know maybe even best quarterback in the league at some at some point in 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 some seasons but at the same time you can't really rely on that to be the case every single year, especially if they're moving teams, moving cities, having to get used to a different offense, different coaching style, all that stuff. But if you're, if you're looking at a guy like Deshaun Watson, what's not to like, especially with the situation that AZ mentioned with the Browns, where you have all the pieces around you and that defense is nothing to be scared, nothing to be, um, you know, nothing to be short on. Like, right. We got, we got Javion Clowney and Miles Garrett coming off the edge. Like, no, no, thanks. Like I would hate to be in that division. Right. Just, just because of the Browns defense, not, not to mention, mention all you know all the pieces they have on offense and they just got Amari Cooper and you know I mean they I think they said Jarvis Landry can leave but I feel like now that they got Deshaun Watson why would James Jarvis Landry leave right like I mean he's gonna he's gonna have this I feel like he could have the potential to have the star season that he's always been looking for with Baker Mayfield that's just not really possible with Baker because of his limitations so I think that 
it's a perfect situation. It works out well for the Browns. I think that we're just going to kind of have to see, obviously, right. You know, they're in a tough division. Like we haven't even really talked about the Ravens very much, but like, they're going to get, you know, Lamar Jackson back. He was basically out the last half of the season and like Travis Huntley, like did his best and he was actually kind of good, but nothing compared to what Lamar Jackson can do. The Ravens had all three of their starting running or the top three starting running backs out for the entire season last year. Like they're going to get everyone back and be even better than they were last year. And they were still competing for the division last year too. So that division is going to be insane the AFC West I think we should just transition to there now because we've kind of you know gone over everything else so far it's crazy I mean like I think that it was the perfect move for Denver to get Russell Wilson I mentioned a little bit earlier like he's he's kind of he's he's older than most I or he's like I think he's maybe past his prime age but I think that his skills his talent his abilities are still there I mean let's think about it this way he I mean he hurt his thumb like halfway through the season he was out for like four or six weeks or whatever this past season that was like the first like his the game that he missed after he like dislocated his thumb or whatever was like the first game he's ever missed in his entire career like he may have like sat out a game or whatever like when they had you know when they had the the the, the run with the legion of boom and everything but like he had never been injured before like for as many hits as he takes for as many you know dives into the end, end zone as he's taken and, and and deep shots and whatever like he's a really durable guy and he's safe and he's smart with the ball. That's the other thing too. And so he takes care of himself and he knows exactly how to kind of maneuver um, not only when he's inside the pocket and outside the pocket, but just, you know, just kind of just all over, I guess. Right. Um, so, so that's kind of my, my thoughts on Russell. I love him as a quarterback. I love him as a prospect. And I, I love that now that situation becomes extremely admirable. And, and we talked about this, me and Hayden did uh, on an episode, like a couple months ago, when, when the Broncos fired Vic Fangio and it was like, why are you firing the head coach when the GM, John Elway, is not able to produce the only thing that matters in the NFL at this point in terms of, you know, winning games and competing for Super Bowls is quarterback. And he he has done nothing. Vic Fangio had nothing to work with. Obviously, he's a defensive coach to begin with, so you don't expect him to be able to, you know, develop Drew Locke into, into some crazy quarterback and Teddy Bridgewater, you know, kind of on the at the end of his career coming off of, you know, the devastating knee injury that he had. So really, what's the situation there? You can't expect this guy to, to lead the Broncos especially in the division that they were already in you know to, to winning the division and, and, and you know having the one seed in the playoffs I don't I, that was never possible now it is because they got this quarterback they have the star quarterback that they've always needed so I think that the commanders and the Browns and the and the Broncos are kind of all in this situation where you have a solid defense you have good you know skill position talent players on offense you just needed a quarterback I think they all got got their quarterback in terms of ranking them, I think that obviously, I mean, pretty much in, in the way that I've already said it, like Deshaun Watson to the Browns was my favorite. Russell Wilson, I think, is probably, you know, a 1A, very closely behind that. And again, I think just because of the recent history of Carson Wentz, we can't really necessarily say that the commanders are, are way better off now because we're going to have to kind of see how he's going to play. But at the end of the day, like, you know, I think the Browns and the, and the, and the Broncos just on just trading for the franchise quarterback, for the star quarterback that they know is proven, right? Instead of going out and drafting some kid in the first round who, like, may, you know, experience some talent in college, but who who knows what's going to happen once you get to the NFL. These guys are proven. They're stars. They're winners. Now they're on teams with great rosters. I think the sky's the limit for both those teams. Yeah, I think you're completely right. And I, I like the, the Russell Wilson trade as well to, to Denver. I think that I mean, we, we were looking at Denver to land a guy like Aaron Rodgers or somebody like we were we were looking at them and we were saying they're going to get a quarterback this offseason. And if they don't, they're just stuck with Drew Locke again. And they and like they're stupid. Right. They like they you know, they got they tried to get Teddy Bridgewater and they, they tried to make him work. But I mean, he's he's so injury prone at this point. And he's 
again, he's one of those guys that you see and you're like, he doesn't really have that high of a ceiling and he's, he's gotten chances to prove himself. And he, again, like not helping injury, you know, with injuries. And so like, it's just, I don't know, it's, that situation was a little bit weird. And so I'm happy that they got Russell Wilson and that, you know, they'll definitely be competitive in that division. They're going to need to be because the rest of their division proves that they are by far the best division. Now we said that the NFC West was the best division in football last year, which, yeah, I mean, it was because they had three, uh, they had three teams in the NFC playoffs. And then, you know, they had two teams in the, in the, uh, in like the divisional round, I think. And so, yeah, like that's, I mean, that makes sense that we're saying that, but now it's clear that the AFC West is just, they've beefed up even more. So at this point it's, um, and you, you know, you look at a team like, like the Raiders and you say, okay, well, they're probably the worst out of those, but they just got Devontae Adams and he's, you know, he's now with, with Derek Carr, who was his quarterback in college at Fresno state. So it's just like, they're, they're back together. You know, you look at it, you look at a guy like Aaron Rodgers, who's, who's, obviously like we, we, we probably think that he's sad now that, that he, that Devonte Adams is, is gone. And you know, there's that report that came no, out that no, said he, he's not sad. He's getting like yeah. someone who's getting paid the money he's getting paid. He's not sad. Yeah. He, yeah, he exactly. doesn't care about anything else. He's, he's good. Yeah. And th- there's that argument too, because like that report came out that Aaron Rodgers literally knew that Devonte Adams was going to leave before he signed, before he actually like signed his physical contract. So why did he sign that contract if he wanted nah, to be with Devontae good. Adams? He, he, he's got his man, Randall Cobb and Amari Rodgers. He's good. Yeah. He has his, we'll, yeah Randall we'll, Cobb we'll is see his, how it goes this year. Exactly. Yeah. Adams. He's, he's getting his money. So that's. And I think, I and I think you make a really good point um, that like when the Russell Wilson thing happened and obviously like chiefs, you look at them as like the big boss of that division. Yeah. Then, you know, then Russell Wilson enters and I'm like, when I tell you guys, like, I agree, Russell Wilson, in my opinion, was like, has, is I think the best offseason move that's happened so far. Um, I love that. I love Russell Wilson, um, like as like just overall as a player, everything. And I think the Broncos, like they, that, they were quarterback away too. I mean, they have some yeah. defensive pieces that they can kind of fix up on, but I mean, they're right there. And then you look at the chargers. I mean, I've been saying, you know, like Hayden, like, you know, I don't like giving predictions early and there's like so much that needs to happen. There's a whole draft we need to go into, but early favorite. And I'm going to say it like the chargers. I mean, year three, prime year for Justin Herbert, Keenan Allen, Mike Williams, they're back. Um, I think they signed a tight end too. I can't think of it, but you have Austin Eckler and look at that defense. When you trade Khalil Mack, I think, I think it was a fifth round pick or something like that. They had to eat up his contract. And then you sign JC Jackson, who probably had like one of the best seasons at cornerback last year. Who's stopping them? But then you can also now, then you add Devontae Adams, the best receiver, like last year, like arguably like the best receiver right now in the league. Devontae Adams with his best friend, Derek Carr. You have Hunter Renfro. You have Darren Waller. You have Josh Jacobs. That offensive line is coming together. That Max Crosby, and then who else did they sign to get pressure on the quarterbacks in that division? Chandler Jones, who's one of the best pass rushers. Like, I mean, it's just, it's honestly, it's crazy. Like, football geeks like me, like us, like, I mean, that division, like, honestly, we could go a season without watching anyone else but those four teams, and it would be, it will go into overtime like almost every game. I mean, I, I don't know. I think great moves by every GM in, like, I mean, like, the Raiders GM, like, he was like, dude, like, they're at the bottom. 
like in that moment. And then he's like, no, let's, let's go after Devonte Adams. I think, man, like that's such, it's such a, everyone in that division made such great moves. Like, yeah. Yeah. And even, even coaching moves, you think about Josh McDaniels coming from the Patriots. I mean, he's obviously, you know, was kind of the mastermind behind Brady and, and Belichick's kind of run there. Like, you know, Josh McDaniels was kind of the, the forgotten son in that whole ordeal and, and kind of was definitely one of the biggest parts of that dynasty. He's now able to take over a Raiders organization that like AZ mentioned is in a great position going forward with a quarterback who I, I think Derek Carr kind of is, is similar to Carson Wentz in the sense that like they've had good seasons. Obviously I think Derek Carr hasn't had like, as bad of, of seasons as Carson Wentz has, but I can't like kind of averaging all of their performances out. I think they're pretty much similar. And so I, like, I think that Derek Carr's obviously just gotten better though. And that's really what you want out of a quarterback who you've drafted and, and kind of, you know, built up around, around the team. And, and he's stayed there for, you know, ever since he was drafted and he's obviously gotten better. Um, and, and now you're giving him more pieces offensively and defensively and a good coach, offensive minded coach, uh, I think it's a good situation for the Raiders, but I think they are, it's kind of just overshadowed by the fact that, right, you know, obviously with, you know, with, with all of the Chiefs have done, um, you know, over the course of the last three seasons, as well as, uh, you know, the Chargers offseason signings, the, the, you know, the Broncos, all they've done as well. So it's like, you know, that, right. I think, you know, we, we've, we've covered it a lot. You know, that division is definitely, definitely very scary going forward. Um, so, I mean, we, we kind of went over a, a lot of the trades already. One interesting thing I wanted to mention, kind of going switching over to the defensive side now um az mentioned khalil mack and jc jackson of the chargers which i mean obviously right you know great signs for them von miller signed a six-year contract with the bills i get it you need to beef up the defense as much as possible to you know prevent like all of those ac or, um, NF, or afc uh you know offenses from from scoring a ton on you but and, and and he played well for the Rams this year. He won the Super Bowl. Like I, we can't, you can't really, you can't really deny like the talent that he has. And obviously now he's won a Super Bowl with two different teams. Um, but I don't know. I, it seemed like this year with the Rams was like his kind of just, you know, it was the Rams initiative to just kind of be like, we need, we are a win now team. We need to get as many pieces as we possibly can. Von Miller, who knows what he can do, but he's a great talent. We're just going to put him there. And I think that he probably outperformed what people's, most people's expectations were him were of him, um, you know, kind of heading into that season and just what they thought that he could do. So that, I don't know. I, I think that it's, it's definitely possible for him to kind of still play on that high level. And obviously, I mean, he's pretty much in the best position possible right now because it's basically like, you know, every good team when they need a pass rusher, you know, or, or just something to kind of, to kind of stabilize the, the defensive line or, or defense overall is just like, well, you know what, we can just sign Von Miller. Cause it's like, clearly wherever he goes, they have a great defense and they probably will win a super bowl. So, you know, maybe, maybe it's just a luck thing with him. And they're like, Hey, we're just gonna, we're going to sign him for six years because hopefully in one of those years, we're lucky enough to, to know to win the Super Bowl with with him on our team but clearly and I, and I don't think I think kind of you know what everybody said too over over the course of, of since he's you know since he's been signed is like this it's it's not he's not going to stay with them for six years it's going to be some sort of you know contract you know negotiation type thing and, and kind of reworking it into bonuses and, and whatever else and obviously you know the bills will make the playoffs next year as well so that that'll kind of I think all get worked out um but I think for really for what and I think the bills are kind of the only forgotten team well interestingly enough I think the Chiefs and the Bills are two teams who haven't made a lot of moves in free agency obviously as of yet and they were the two best team you know obviously kind of coming out of last year expectations wise yes the Bengals made the Super Bowl but 
the Chiefs and the Bills played one of the best football games I've ever seen in my entire life, probably the best one I've ever seen in my entire life. And everybody's saying those are the two best teams in the NFL. Neither of them made the Super Bowl, right? So that's the crazy part is that like, despite all of the free agency moves that we've, that we've been talking about, all the, you know, the quarterback transition to everything like that, nobody's really done. And, and the Chiefs made, you know, made the signing, obviously, I think last night uh, they, they got Juju. So it's like, you know, the Chiefs signed Juju and, and, and the Bills signed Von Miller. Now, obviously, those players are, are very good and can can definitely bolster a, a roster like the Chiefs and the Bills, who obviously have solidified, you know, their offense and their defensive players, but can just use, you know, an extra an extra pass catcher, an extra, you know, pass rusher, I think, respectively, is very smart signings on their part. But I think that a lot of people are kind of just forgetting about the fact that these are the two best teams in the NFL. I mean, you know, they're the Super Bowl favorites. If you go to bet the Super Bowl right now, it's the Chiefs and the Bills despite all the moves yeah like the you know the 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 bucks went from like 50 to 1 to 10 to 1 after after brady came back but like they didn't they lost in the divisional round of playoffs last year the bucks did you know so it's like the chiefs and the bills are clearly the two best teams in football they haven't made very many offseason moves so it's like despite all of the well i guess in addition to in combination with all of the the signings and and free agency moves that all these afc teams are, are are making we still have the two best teams in the AFC and none of these teams are those teams or, you know, are the best. Um, and so I think that's kind of the interesting coming out of this too, is like, there's obviously still a long way to go until the start of the season, but the fact that we're, t- we're already hyping everything up this much and we still have the chiefs and the bills who are the two best teams in the NFL right now. I, I think it just makes for an even more entertaining regular season next year. And obviously, like I said, it's only March. So, so I think it's just awesome. Yeah, I think that one reason why the Chargers may not be ranked higher, and again, I don't know the odds for them to win the Super Bowl this coming year, but if they're not high up there, I think one of the reasons why people just don't have them high yet is because we've seen the Chargers have good teams. Like, yeah, they, you know, they 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 boosted their defense a lot this this free agency uh, period, and they're obviously going to be the best this year that they've been for a long time, right? But we like 2010. I don't know if you guys remember 2010. And again, like a lot of, you know, us, we weren't, we were kind of young in 2010. So we didn't really have, we didn't really have, you know, the football interest or like the football, the, the mind capacity to really talk about this stuff in depth and look at these statistics and think like, okay, this is really weird that this happened. But in 2010, the chargers had the number one ranked offense and the number one ranked defense, according to like, a lot of like statistical analysis and everything like that. And they went nine and seven. And it's just like the chargers are one of those teams that just hasn't been able to get over the hump. We've seen, but they've had good teams. Like they've had Justin Herbert for a few years. Right. And we, you know, we saw them play that great game against the, the Raiders, you know, to decide who got into the playoffs from the AFC West, you know, the second team that got into the playoffs from the AFC West. And they, you know, they put up a huge fight in that game, but they were never able to, you know, close it out. So like the Chargers are one of those teams that I look at and I'm just saying, I, I can't trust them yet because they, you know, they, they have such, they look good from the outside, but they can never really get up over the hump. And that's, that's really tough to kind of judge again. Like we, we see that they have a really good team coming into this year, but it's tough to judge if they're actually going to be able to get over the hump with these guys that they're adding. Hopefully they will be able to do that. And I think that again, with how much firepower they've added and how, with everybody that they're keeping, there's no reason why they shouldn't be so much better this year than they have been in past years. But like, yeah, I mean, if, if you think about it, the number one ranked offense and number one ranked defense in, in 2010, and they went nine and seven, and I think they lost in the first round of the playoffs or they, they lost before the, the conference championship. So yeah, they barely, they barely made it to the playoffs that year. And 
they had, you know, basically the, like the best team by, by a lot of measures. So I think that that's kind of where the chargers lie. And Matt, again, kind of just to touch up on the bill situation with, with that situation, it's just like, yeah, we're overlooking those teams because we already know that they're good. We already know that they can compete with the best of the best. And again, if, if I were to pick to, to watch a game, like, the bills and the, and the chiefs or, you know, the chargers and the Raiders, like, I don't know which, which game I would pick out of the, like out of those two games, I don't know which game I would pick because both of them would be so good. And so again, it's just kind of like, I think, I think that with the, just the chiefs and bills, we know that they're good and we know they're going to be competitive. We're just kind of looking at the chargers and, and at the Raiders and, you know, at the Browns, like teams like those that are making these additions that, have good teams already. They just haven't really been able to get over that hump and, and make that run in the playoffs. We're kind of looking at those teams and hyping them up because again, they haven't shown us what they're capable of yet. But you know, what's funny though is, you know, we haven't really touched on this, but Tom Brady has an easy path to the Super Bowl on the NFC side. I mean, everyone's making it 20, it's already easy for him. Like, it's easy for him than everyone in the NFL. But they're making it even easier. Like, I mean, like, come on. Like, you yeah. literally, at this point, it's like Bucks versus Ram, Bucks versus Chargers, Chiefs, like, one of Bills, like, one of those teams. Like, he's just kind of like, like, I mean, like, come on now. And then, like, the fact of him, like, it, I, like I'm happy we haven't touched on, like, him, like, unretiring because, like, Come on now. Like, I wasn't surprised. I'm pretty sure you guys weren't surprised. Like, it was, it never felt real when he retired. Like, like football's not football without Tom Brady. Like, come on now. And, it, like, it, like I said, like, dude, gas prices went up and man was like, I got to start making money again. So he came back and played. So, like, I mean, come on. Like, and Giselle probably yelled at him because he was just being, like, you know, doing nothing on the couch. So, like, he just – dude, like, football, like, he can't live without it. Like, and then when he sees, like – when he sees like the NFC, like I mean, like why wouldn't you come back? Why wouldn't you come back when you see the NFC? Why wouldn't you come back? Yeah, I totally yeah. agree. And it it's just like <laughs> nobody. I, I think that nobody really expected it. But yeah, you're right. It didn't feel real without without you know with, with how he retired and how it just kind of it again like it was, it was in the new in the news a lot and it was just like oh the goat's gone. But yeah, it was just kind of like there was something there that was just it, it was a little bit off. And when he came back, it was like. Yeah, I mean, it's it's a surprise because it just came out of nowhere. But then again, it was like, I'm not really surprised because it's Tom Brady. Like, And he, again, he's one of those guys. And it, that dynamic is a little bit weird because he's one of those guys that you know that he's not going to want to go out on a bad season. Like, you, you know, he's going to want to finish strong, maybe not win a Super Bowl, but he's going to want to finish where people that remember that his people that remember his last season he doesn't want to be remembered as being one of those guys that just like fell off in his last couple of seasons, like Brett Favre did, right? Like Brett Favre had a great career, but then his last couple of seasons with, you know, the Jets and the Vikings, like those, we saw him just decline like exponentially towards the end of his career. So that, I think that Tom Brady doesn't want to do that. So maybe that's why he retired. But then again, like he, he still has so much left, it seems like. So it's just like, you can't, you can never tell, what's the right choice to either retire because, you know, he, he wants to go out on a good season. He wants his legacy to be remembered as somebody that was basically timeless. Right. But then you also are sitting there and you're like, okay, if he retires now, when he's so good, when he's looking so good, he's definitely still has some left in him. So I think that that dynamic was weird. I think that he had to combat with that a lot, like himself. And again, yeah, like AZ made a good, (laughs) made a good point. It was probably like, 
yeah, Giselle was probably like, okay, I want you home. And then for a couple months, after a couple months, she was probably like, all right, just get out of the house and go back, go back and play football. So, yeah, well, I think that's, that's the thing that when we're talking about Tom Brady, it's like, he, he has defied every expectation that anyone's ever had of him, or, or at least the expectation to decline, whether it's like talent or, or, or whatever it is he's, he's, he's doing it. He, he's proven time and time again. It's like, Oh no, he's going to be, he's going to, he's going to, he's going to lose. He's going to do bad. All these, all these other quarterbacks have like, you know, kind of their arm talent decreases or, or whatever happens there. But it's like, it, it, none of that has applied to Tom Brady at all. And so that's kind of the crazy part to me is like, you can say all you want about him, like not retire or unretiring and then coming back. And it's like, yeah, they do have an easy path to Super Bowl, and he hasn't lost any of the talent that he does have. So like, it's definitely possible for kind of everything to work out there. But at the same time, why are we like, I think that there's just so much around the fact that, you know, he, like, I think people do this all the time. And I think that for Tom Brady, it's so tough because when you're used to, doing the same thing over and over and over every single day and just devoting your entire life to your career and being the best, like the best performer at something or best, you're the best at your job for 20 years. Like you, you can't just stop and just be like, all right, so I'm just going to, I'm going to watch on Netflix today. I guess I got to catch, catch up on some HBO. Uh, there's only so much of that you could do, right? Like you kind of have to, at some point be like, and I'm sure that's exactly what happened. He was like, it, was, it took him 40 days. And then he's like, dang, this actually kind of sucks. You know, it's like, there's only so many rooms that you can go in, in your, you know, $20 million mansion. So it's like, that's kind of my thing, I think is just, and, and we, I think we even saw this in a good comparison would be um, um, Sean McVay, of the, the, you know, the coach of the Rams. He won a Super Bowl. A lot of people were saying that he was just going to quit coaching and, and go into the booth and just make, you know, a, a, like basically double the money and do like half the work. Cause that was the argument for that is like these, these, these analysts are, you know, the, the broadcasting people who are, you know, who are doing the games for CBS, Fox and ESPN and all that, they're making like $30 million a year, which is like double of what Sean McVay's making, you know, do coaching and whatever, but it's like, He's a football guy. All he's done in his entire life is, is, is football. And you have to devote your entire life, all of your time to doing that. So when you're not really able to, then it kind of, you kind of just lose out on so much of like your life's purpose, I feel like. And so for a guy like Sean McVay, I think very similarly to, to, to Tom Brady, like they are, you know, pinpoint laser focused and, and, you know, being at being the best they possibly can at their current job, at their current position, and, and just maximizing every little bit of potential out of the people around them, as well as themselves. When you go from doing that all literally 24 seven to then just doing nothing, that's, that's like, that's a crazy life change where it's like, it's almost, it's almost uncomfortable. So I think that in a way we can honestly argue that like this whole transition for Tom Brady, or, or I guess transition back to normalcy for him, is more of a, like, he's just way more comfortable with playing football. He's just way more comfortable being around, you know, the, the team and doing things every day and, and, you know, preparing and playing games and working out and, you know, eating avocado pistachio ice cream or whatever he does and not eating strawberries because there's too much sugar in strawberries. Like, you know, the crazy diet and everything like that is like, that all goes into him being the best at his position, the best in the world and, and the greatest quarterback and the greatest football player ever. Like, seriously, that that's what this is. And so when you basically just drop all of that, it's so hard to, to, to fathom 
doing something else or really doing nothing in his case. Cause obviously, yeah, like, you know, you can do brand deals and you can, you know, be in a Wrangler commercial or, or, you know, eat some subs on a subway commercial, but you can only do that for so long before it's kind of like, wait, I need to get back to the grind. But it's like, when there's no grind to be had, what's the point? And so I think kind of the, the conclusion here is like, yes, it's, it, he's not, Tom Brady's not coming back to football because he's trying to prove to us that he's better than, than we think he is. No, everybody knows that already. That, that, that's been proven. He's done that already. The, the thing now is like, he just wants to keep playing and he totally can because like he treats his body like, you know, a, a temple. He, he, he prepares and he, and he studies and he knows more than everyone else. And so it's like, why wouldn't you just use that and maximize the potential that you do have? I totally understand the whole, the whole family aspect. Like, yeah, you know, if Giselle wants you to stay home, sometimes you got to do it. But at the same time, if you're just, you're essentially just still wasting, you know, prime years of your career. And it, it sounds so crazy to say that he's in his prime because he's he's like 45 but he he was the second you know leading nfl or the mvp candidate last year like if aaron Rodgers didn't have an insane se- another insane season tom brady would have been one of one mvp he's putting up numbers greater than he ever had in new england so that's i think that's the kind of the whole argument here is like why wouldn't you continue something that you're already so great at and and go and win more super bowls you're yes you're already the, the undeniable goat you're a he's the best play football player of all time but it's like if you have the the opportunity to go back to a bucks team that was competitive and that you know it was just kind of a fluke game against the rams and the rams were good this season sure but it's like as abz mentioned you have a good and easy path to the super bowl and you let the afc beat up on themselves like why not go win your eighth super bowl right that's my opinion on it all right so yeah i mean i guess like we're kind of done talking about a lot of the a lot of the trades that happened and you know we we, we didn't talk much about I mean, we, we talked about a lot about the AFC West in general. I think that's kind of what we wanted to do. And we kind of mentioned Aaron Rodgers here and there with, with how he, he's staying in Green Bay. And, and yeah, we know that that's, I think we kind of both or not all three know that that's just not really going to work out again. Like AZ, his, like he's, AZ said, his number one receiver right now is Randall Cobb. And it's just like, and Amari Rodgers, you know, showed somewhat of a, you know, a, a oh, good yeah. showing in, in his rookie season. You can't forget about Alan Lazard. You can't forget about Alan Lazard. Like, and you yeah. can't forget <laughs> about Equinemius St. Brown, yeah, right? You can't, you can't hey. forget about those guys now, okay? Hey. Alan Lazard is like the best blocking receiver in the league. So, hey, there's there's that, but he's not going to catch Bobby, any balls. Bobby so. Tunyon at tight end? Come on now. Yeah, <laughs> yeah dude, that, that team. There's pieces there. There are, there are pieces there. Yeah, Come no, on for now. sure. Like, the 49ers, you know, they still beat them, though, like, I, what? How many points did Rogers score in that playoff game? Seven. Yeah. <laughs> With Devontae Adams. Yeah. Exactly. Still, no. There are there are still people in this world for some reason that are still debating that Rogers is better than Brady. Why do we even like? What you just ignore? Like, yeah. like debating? Like. Yeah, dude. <laughs> dude, in case you guys, in case you guys don't know. AZ is like the biggest Brady fan ever. Like he he's a fan of the Falcons, and there was that one year. You know, I'm not I'm not even gonna say it because he gets he gets mad when I bring yeah. it up. And but, I mean, like, and it's not even like Brady fan. Like, yeah, I'm a football fan, and right, like, yeah. who is football? And I talk to these scouts, and I guarantee you, like, everyone, even there's people who hate Brady. You know, and I I was a I like trust me, guys. Like I like dude, I lived through twenty eight to three. Like. In my prime years of watching football, I live. I was literally in depression. Okay, so I lived through it. Like I, I hated him at the moment. But like, if you're a true football fan, these head coaches, these GMs, like, 
you cannot deny that this guy is like the best to ever do it so far. You know, like you cannot deny that. I mean, like, how do you not like, obviously I'm a Brady fan. Like, how do you not respect that? And like, I was telling Hayden last night, like, I was not surprised at all when he came back. Like, it was like, Oh wow. He's coming back. Like, it's so cool. But like, I feel like if I feel, I really feel like he was retiring, like I would have definitely cried. Like I'm like, I get emotional about like that kind of stuff. Like I definitely would have cried. And like my mom made a good point. Like she was like, dude, someone's going to have to drag him off the field now. Like now that he's back, like someone's literally going to have to drag. Like his kid is going to be like going, he's going to be a D1 recruit in college football. And he's like, okay, dad, like now I need you to come to my games. So now you need to like get off the football. Yeah. Like, now it's my turn. So like it's going to come down to that, honestly. Yeah, dude, he's going to he's gonna have to stop kissing his kids before then because that's <laughs> that'll be bad news. <laughs> but, but yeah, I mean, if we if, if we want to move into free agents real quick and we kind of we can kind of just mention them and, and say like where we think, you know, they'll they'll land and stuff like that. There's not much debate here, I feel like. I mean, there's the, these guys are, are they're pretty good, but a lot of them are like kind of veterans that are going to sign kind of small deals with teams that are like a lot of the veterans that we see now signing deals are signing, signing with teams that are already good. And again, that's, that's a good move for a veteran because I don't have that much left, but I mean, yeah, just some of the guys here are, are, are Tyron Matthew. Uh, he's a free agent. And then Bobby Wagner as well as a free agent. That was kind of surprising to see the Seahawks make that move, but again, they probably just didn't have much space to pay him. Um, and they've, they've got a lot of, you know, good draft picks coming up in the, in the draft. So maybe they'll, they'll go linebacker with one of those. And then Odell is also his contract is up and Odell and, and, uh, and Von Miller with the Rams, they were kind of uh, one, two punch with those one day, one year deals. And, you know, they won a super bowl and Von Miller just, he was just like, peace out. I want a super bowl. I'm going to the bills now. Like that, that's the life, dude. You, you go to a team for, you know, half a season and then you win a super bowl and it's like, all right, I'm out. I'm going to go, you know, it's, it's crazy. Like that's living the life right there. And then Odell, I, I think Odell's, you know, going to, going to sign again with the, with the Rams, because I've heard, I've heard talks of Robert Wood, like a lot of teams calling the Rams about Robert Woods, because then they're probably going to trade him away and keep Odell. So um, Odell will, will probably sign again with the Rams. And then Stefan Gilmore is also a free agent. You know, he went to the Panthers uh, like mid season this season, I think. And that was, I mean, he didn't really do much there and the Panthers are just kind of, they're not good. So he, he couldn't make much of a difference there. And then, and then Julio Jones got cut from the, um, from Tennessee, and that's that's a situation there where you like you have AJ Brown, AZ. If you know you you're a big Julio fan because he was with the Falcons for so long, but I don't really know where Julio like would land at this point. Like I I don't really know any spots that he would be fit for. Yeah, I don't know. I you know I I still think Julio is like one of the best to do it at the receiver position. It's just it's been unfortunate for him because like I mean his I remember like just following the Falcons like he hamstring like he would not practice he would never practice because like hamstring and like he doesn't need practice right so he just like suit up for game day um and that's just what's kind of sucked about Julio is that like just injury issues and stuff so but man like if he's healthy I know he's getting there in age but like he's like a perfect complement to some young receiver and I mean we look at we look at Rodgers now like I think I think 
I feel like Julio should go there. Like, I think that's like Rodgers needs that. He needs a vet receiver there. I mean, you have Randall Cobb, but you need some big target. Like, you know, you just lost in Adams. And I've seen like Tom Brady's trying to recruit, but like, what, how many yeah. does Tom Brady want? Like, dude, like, come on. Like, you had Chris Godwin, you had freaking Mike Evans, you signed Russell Gage, which I think is another underrated signing from the Falcons. He had a pretty good season. Um, you still have like this Tyler Johnson guy and um, some other like Scotty Miller that they drafted. Like, I mean, like, like, how, like, what else do you want, dude? Like, come on now. Like, let, like, just come on. Like, but, he, let, but, but, but he has the power to do it, though. That's the he, thing. Like, we've, we've seen him do he it time does. and time again. So he, if like, there's anybody bro, that can like, – At least somewhat keep it even. Like, come yeah. on. Like, let Julio – like, let Rodgers be a little happy. Like, a little bit, you know? Like, let him have some fun. You know what I mean? Like, so, yeah. I don't know. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go – I'm going to talk about Odell real quick. I, I – we, we – me and Hayden called this. Okay, we said it. We said, look, the, the situation in Cleveland is, is, is really weird. It, it, he, was, he was open. Nobody was throwing the ball to him. They made that – his dad made that video. It was a weird ending to, to his, to his run in Cleveland. And it was also a weird ending to his run in, in at, with the giants, but it's like clearly with, you know, his first couple of three, two or three seasons with the giants, we saw his potential and how good that he could be. Then you kind of go to Cleveland and it was, you know, it was supposed to be this reun- reuniting with Jarvis Landry and all this stuff. And so you kind of get to that point and you're thinking, all right, cool. Like this should probably work out. And obviously it didn't, and it wasn't good at all. Then he goes to the Rams halfway through the season and everybody's kind of thinking like, ah, well, you know, he, he pulls all these antics, who knows how it's going to be. We know kind of when it comes, when push comes to shove and, and, and really obviously linking him up with the quarterback, like Matthew, Matthew Stafford, the potential is there, but will he be able to perform and to the level that we can expect him to, from what we've seen in his first few seasons, uh, you know, with the giants. And he did, he did it right. I mean, he was, he was arguably, obviously Cooper cup had like a legendary season, but he was the clear number two receiver on the Rams and did all that he could. He caught the, he caught the first touchdown in the Super Bowl. He did like, he was on pace for like 200 yards and four touchdowns in the Super Bowl before he got hurt. Right. The thing is whether they re-sign him or not, or even another team does, is he going to even be able to play? Let's think about this for a second. He tours ACL in the first quarter of the Super Bowl. Let's okay. It takes a year, 10 months to a year for a normal person other than Adrian Peterson <laughs> to come back from a torn ACL. And, and he tore his ACL in February, the first weekend and second weekend in February. So I, I get the hype around him and I understand that he's he's a great talent. And clearly, like, you know, if you put him in an organization that is stable and, and knows what they're doing and has a direction and is a good overall team, he, he can perform to the level that he did and the talent that we have, the, the potential that we see, but he's hurt. That's the thing. So I know, I know I'm kind of making a big deal out of it, but it's like at the same time, he's easily their number two receiver, especially if Robert Woods, uh, you know, it gets traded away. You know, you, th- you automatically think, oh yeah, Odell will just be the second receiver. The Rams are going to run it back and they'll be fine. But are they going to be fine? Because I don't think he's going to even be able to play. If he does come back, he might return for the playoffs, but like he won't have had any of the training camp. He won't have had OTAs and, and even, you know, preseason or even the first, you know, the 17 games of the regular season. If he does come back, it'll be probably around the playoffs and sure, you know, he can return from that and, and be fine. And he's been hurt before and come back and okay. But this is also one of those, it's a knee injury for a receiver and that's devastating for them potentially. So I'm not sure if I buy the hype on the whole, uh, the you know, the Odell train. I think that a lot of people are kind of missing the mark with this is like, I don't really see him having the ability to come back and just be what he was before. 
not only in the sense that like because of the knee injury even if he does return next season it'll be in the playoffs I don't see him playing to that level before but even before that I don't even think he'll get to play any of the regular season so that's that's kind of my thoughts on Odell he'll probably re-sign him but it's like you're gonna have to pay him you know eight ten million dollars a year just for him to sit on the bench and rehab I guess that he's worth it overall but it's like that's a big risk to take on a guy who has been in the NFL for quite a few seasons already has shown a lot of talent. Sure. And is definitely a good use to your team, but probably won't even play the regular season next year. And then when he gets back, you can't even really know whether or not he's going to be hundred percent. So that's my thoughts on it. Yeah. He, he, uh, that, that is a good, a uh, good take on it there, Matt. And I didn't, again, I didn't even really think of that about how he probably won't be able to return for definitely won't be able to come back for OTAs and, and, you know, kind of like the, the preseason and, and, the summer workouts and stuff like that, where it, that really matters and stuff like, and, and again, Odell is, he's a veteran. So it's just, you can give him a break there and say, okay, well, he's, you know, he's, since he's a veteran and he knows how to play football at a, at a great level, then he, he can, he's a guy that can come back for the play just for the playoffs next year and, and be, you know, pretty much just as good as he was last year and, and just as good as he, as he usually is. And that's, that's the special thing about Odell. And I think that that, why that's like an incentive for um for the Rams to sign him again because again yeah like he he's he's got that potential and they saw what he can do for them and so they're not I mean I don't think they're they're gonna want to let that go like Matt said he had the first touchdown in the Super Bowl and he didn't even play for the rest of the Super Bowl and they still won so it's just like yeah I, I don't know that's 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 a tricky situation there um but one thing I do I do want to mention is that on Twitter I think it was like yesterday or something I saw a report of this and it was like it was literally him like making this big proclamation to his son that he was going to like make his son proud. And it was, I, I guess, I don't know. It was, it's pretty emotional. Like, I don't know. I, I was reading it and I was like, dude, you make me cry here. But yeah, it was, I mean, it was, it was really heartfelt. And it's like, he's again, he's, he's kind of getting older ish for, especially for a wide receiver. But I think that he still has a lot left him. And if he's, you know, if he's saying this to his son, I'm, I'm sure that he's going to stay true to his word and, and, you know, go out there and, and play for a, a good a good amount of more seasons. So I think that's yeah, I think that Odell has a, a bright future ahead of him. Again, he just needs to put he, he needs to be put in the right spot. If he does leave the Rams, I, I really hope he doesn't go somewhere where he's not going to fit, because I think that a lot a lot of people now know how Odell is and what he you know, he needs he needs to be in the right spot to be able to like be good for the team at all. And so I think that the Rams are a perfect fit for them, for him. Obviously they've, they've shown that they are. And, but again, like if he does move somewhere, it's gotta be somewhere where Odell is happy because when Odell is not happy, he's not Odell. Right. All right. Well, it sounds like we don't have much more to say here. So, I mean, if, if, if any of you guys have any lasting thoughts, you can give me a little. I mean, I, I don't I don't know if you guys want to go into the draft right now. We can do that like a whole. Nother yeah, episode. let's That's like a whole thing we can do. Yeah, let's let's do one of those episodes uh, later. Maybe like maybe like next weekend when, you know, when the Sweet 16 is going on, we can have another yeah. one of the one of these episodes. And that's when we can do draft stuff, because that'll be yeah. again, that'll be like a just a couple weeks out from the draft. So. Yeah. Or maybe yeah, just yeah. dedicate a, a full episode to it. Yeah, exactly. We can just do exactly what we what we did today. That. Um, yeah, that'll like, be fun because and then maybe like another one. Like I can, we can do like a mock draft or something like that. And yeah, like, yeah. Know, that the, yeah. the mock draft episode that from last year. On a lot of you guys that are listening right now probably didn't, you know, listen to us last year. But yeah, like that. We did a whole mock draft episode, and that I think that might have been like our most listened to podcast yeah, yet and it, yeah it, it has a lot of listens so 
um, yeah, that'll, that'll be good. Again, we can do that. We can kind of, you know, just go down the line and, and maybe split it up into two episodes. That would, yeah, that, that might be feasible there, but, um, yeah, definitely really good productive episode today. Um, I liked, you know, I, I liked all the talk and again, thanks to AZ for coming on here. Um, we always, you know, we always love to have him on and he belongs here because, Hey, he, he, he was, he was the OG here with on first down rundown with me. So yeah, that's, uh, that's, I appreciate, I appreciate you all. And, you know, like yeah. I wish I could be on more, man. Like it sucks, but you know, yeah. I'm doing I mean, a lot with, you know, UVA football, if like you guys don't know. So like, that's yeah. like what I'm doing a lot most of the time. So yeah, I, you guys might look at me like a football junkie, but that's pretty much my life. <laughs> yeah exactly dude that's that, it is true you, you know you come on here when we, when we talk about football and then when we're when you're not on here you're just working for UVA football so yeah, yeah, yeah. football junkie is definitely <laughs> definitely the word um but yeah I mean that's it, that's probably gonna wrap up our episode for today I hope you guys enjoyed it we uh again we're kind of we were a little bit late to some of these things but I think that we talked about it in a way that again was was productive and kind of stepped away from the whole cliche of like you know, oh, this is surprising and kind of just glossing over it. We, we really went into, into depth with it. And um, that's, I think that's, you know, what's, what's important. That's what we like to do on this podcast. So yeah, thank you guys for listening. We will, uh, we'll catch you guys on Tuesday with the whole March madness, madness that's going on. Um, and that, that'll be a, a fun episode because yeah, there's been a lot of upsets so far. Everyone's bracket is busted. Yeah, there's there's go Richmond, been... go Richmond. Go yeah, Spiders. go. That's right, dude. We're that's all, my we're best all bracket Richmond, right now. The Spiders are gonna win it all. Yeah, dude. That yeah, we'll we'll have to talk about that on Tuesday because that was just crazy. Um, but yeah, thank you guys for listening, and we'll catch you guys on Tuesday. <laughs>